Josh asked me to share on uh, Wonder, uh, sorry, uh, Everlasting Father, and I thought, you know, he, you could have given me Mighty God or uh, Wonderful Counselor. They're very simple and straightforward, but he gave me Mighty God, and I think, the, I mean, not Mighty God, he gave me Everlasting Father, and I think you need to hold it like that. Um, and I think that's what I needed, so here I am on uh Talking about everlasting Father, uh, I I'm actually going to uh, share a few thoughts from other people, uh, one of whom had the same thought that I did. Uh, in boy, this is a pretty hard to understand or deep subject, but I'm going to start out of the Moody Bible Commentary. Uh, the person who did the commentary on Isaiah. Uh, using the word eternal, but um, in this in this verse says the adjective eternal speaks to the idea of one who is forever or eternal. He is the father of eternity, indicating that he is the author or creator of time. The child born here is not to be confused with the father in the triune Godhead. Rather, the Son of God is the creator of time, the author of eternity. Psalm 90, verse 2 says, before the mount, I'm now off of the commentary. I'm just reading Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And then Psalm 93, 2 says, your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And I, I would like to read an excerpt. Really, there's a good article uh, by, uh, that of a message that Charles Spurgeon gave that I think you would do well to read the whole message, but I don't have time, and so I, I pulled a few things out from from him, and, and uh, he really has a way of 
of explaining things and use and you know and using words. So the title before us is a somewhat difficult one. This uh, idea of everlasting Father. Some years ago, I preached to you from his name, Wonderful. I felt I could expatiate upon that with ease. We advanced as far as counselor, and then we halted a while. After a time, we were led to preach upon the mighty God. But we have been somewhat diffident of our ability to open up this particular title, for there is a depth in it which we are not able to fathom. This morning, I cannot pretend to dive into the profound depths of the word, but can only skim the surface as the swallow skims the sea. Silver of deep learning and gold of profound thought have I none, but such as I have give I you. If my basket contains nothing more than a barley loaf and a few small fishes, may the master of the feast multiply the food in the breaking, that there may be good convenient for his people. It is necessary at the outset to observe that the Messiah is not here called Father, by way of any confusion with him who is preeminently called the Father, our Lord's proper name. So far as the Godhead is concerned, uh, the the Son is uh, this this everlasting Father here is not the Father but the Son. Our text has no bearing upon the position and titles of the three persons with regards to each the regard to each other. It does not indicate the relate, relation of deity to itself, but the relation of Jesus Christ to us. He is to us the everlasting Father. It is the manner of the Easterns to call a man the father of a quality for which he is remarkable. To this day among the Arabs, a wise man is called the father of wisdom, a very foolish man the father of folly. The predominant quality of the man is ascribed to him as though it were his child, and he the father of it. Now the Messiah is here called in the Hebrew the father of eternity, by which is meant that he is preeminently the possessor of eternity as an attribute. Just as the idiom the father of wisdom implies that a man is preeminently wise, so the term father of eternity implies that Jesus is preeminently eternal, that to him... Beyond and above all others, eternity may be ascribed. No language can more forcibly convey to our minds the eternity of our Lord Jesus. Nay, without straining the language, I may say that not only is eternity ascribed to Christ, but he is here declared to be the parent of it. Imagination cannot grasp this, for eternity is a thing beyond us. Yet if eternity should seem to be a thing which can have no parent, be it remembered that Jesus is so surely and essentially eternal that he is here pictured as the source and father of eternity. Jesus is not the child of eternity, but the father of it. Eternity did not bring him forth from its mighty bowels, but he brought it forth, brought forth eternity. Independent, self-sustained, uncreated, eternal existence is with Jesus our Lord and God. We know that through Jesus Christ the divine life is given to us. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Receiving Christ, we receive life, and without him we cannot have life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Uh, I I often share about how, uh, I mean, I'm not the only one who shares this, but how the reason that Jesus could die for our sins is because he was sinless. You know, he came without sin and he was the only one who could. 
but I, I was thinking about this when we talk about uh, 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 eternal, uh, everlasting Father. Is there's also the reason that he could not stay dead is because he is himself everlasting. You know, he uh, the uh, before before anything was ever created, he is God. And he is the one who created time. He is the one who created eternity. Uh, you know, the, the continuous, uh, which again, we, we, is, is something we do not understand. And I don't think we'll ever completely understand until we're with him. But how can you keep the father of eternity, the creator of time, how can you keep him dead? You can't, because he is eternal. He is eternity. Um, and I, I'd like to read a few verses here, uh, very familiar verses. But John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I was thinking also that... Uh, you know, we put, they put life on the end of it because if we're not alive, we're dead. But this aspect of eternity is, uh, eternal means forever. And so he gives us eternity. Uh, he loves us so much he gave his son so that we might have eternity with him. And then John eleven twenty five to 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And this is the question he, he this is when Lazarus died, right? He's talking to Mary because then he says, do you believe this? And so we know that though we die, yet we live. Why? Because, uh, because we, we have that eternal life. And the eternal life can only come from the founder of life, of eternity, who is our Lord Jesus. And the other thing that, as I was looking into it, people said as far as, uh, you know, this idea of everlasting father is he also is the father of our faith. The one who's, you know, in him, you know, bringing eternal everlasting life and bringing many sons to glory, he is the father. He's the one who started it. Um, and again, not we understand it. He's not saying that he is God the Father, but rather he is the the founder, the the one who who cares and and uh, and brings us into this eternity. I had on there uh, a song in the chorus book, but uh, this morning I reached out to Josh and said I really have a different song I'd like to sing, and you'll you'll all be surprised at it. Um, and actually, it was the song I thought of in the first place, but then didn't go with. And and so instead of singing uh, Born Where the Shadows Lie, I'd like to sing number 354 in the hymn book, I Cannot Tell. Like, like I said, you should all be very surprised at that. I'd like to read a few. In each verse, there's a reference to eternity. Uh, and so the first the first verse says, I cannot tell. Why he, the king of heaven, should leave the peace of all eternity. Then in verse 2 it says, But uh, but this I know, that Christ the Lord is risen, 
and praise his name he's risen now in me because he lives I'll rise to life eternal and then in the last verse uh, but this I know all flesh will see his glory and skies will burst as all creation sings the sun will rise on one eternal morning when Christ the savior of the world is lord and king and so as the everlasting father the father of eternity he was before eternity before time he created time uh and i mean we can say so did the father um but we're talking about our lord jesus here and uh the one who created eternity has brought us into that everlasting life. We do have a beginning, but when we trust in him and, and believe in him, we, there will be no end, right? We will be with him for all eternity. So uh, so instead of the born where the shadows lie, if we could sing 354, I cannot tell.
Josh asked if uh, the last title here of the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, Prince of Peace, that something would be said about that. And when I think of peace, I think maybe of the opposite, uh, in my mind, uh, anxiety. And I was reading uh, earlier this year in... Uh, U.S. mental health statistics that uh, one source gave it at 40% of Americans admit that they suffer from anxiety. Another source, 42%. So many Americans suffer from anxiety. And uh, in the last days, uh, Matthew... 24, tell us, the disciples asked of Jesus, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And one of the signs and because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. And so, if we are in the end times, and many we're very near. Uh, lawlessness may well increase, and forty uh, percent and forty-two percent of Americans, and this may be worse worldwide, would continue to grow. And I think uh, one good source of anxiety, if you don't if you don't have a powerful one. Uh, you can think of a nuclear war and uh, yet in Colossians I find a great deal of peace when we're taught that uh, well let's see I'll read two verses uh, he created the Lord Jesus and by him all things were created both in heaven Earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So, you have the Lord Jesus Christ there with God the Father, a creation. He's created the stars, and we all know from uh, high school that. The stars are similar to our sun, and there's a, a, a nuclear reaction going on uh, on the surface of our sun. Um, and that's true at all the stars. And the miracle of it is that that energy uh, feeds upon itself. So it's very, very powerful. And our Lord Jesus Christ spoke those into existence. And it says here that he holds all things together. And so there's not going to be a, a nuclear war uh, unless the Lord Jesus Christ allows that to be released. So I take a great deal of uh, peace in knowing that he is at the helm. 
Someone uh, read from John 3, and we'll go there again. Uh, what is the source of peace? Verse 3 of John 3. And Jesus answered and said, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do not marvel. As I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And when I was in college, freshman year, through the ministry of the Navigators, I was convinced I needed to repent of my sin and invite Christ into my heart, which I did. And I said, I didn't quite understand how he would come into my heart, but I invited him in. And in a Bible study within the year, I realized it's the Holy Spirit that came. I, I knew something had happened. Something had come in. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And through this vessel, the Holy Spirit, which dwells in all of us, maybe the two youngest here, haven't yet asked Christ into their heart. But the Holy Spirit is who dwells in us, and he brings us peace. That's the source of peace. Lastly, uh, in Isaiah 9, Prince of Peace, and if you look into the next verse, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. So our peace is, there's no end to it. And uh, it's backed up by the God of uh, eternity. No end to peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord hosts will accomplish this. Amen.
We can't hear Dad. Okay. Um, let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 9 again. And uh, in one title of this chapter, it says, The Birth and Reign of the Prince of Peace, the Messiah. Now let's read again in uh, Isaiah chapter 9. Verses 2 and 3. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the, yeah, and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. And then it's again talking about the Messiah who was to come in verse uh, 6. Again, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And again, uh, the Lord sent the Lord Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. There is no peace apart from him. And then um, I was really encouraged to hear so much about government this morning. The government of our Lord Jesus. His rule, his dominion, his kingdom. 
And in First uh, Timothy chapter six, would you turn to First Timothy? First Timothy chapter six, verses verse fifteen. Talking about the Lord Jesus. It says, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of the lords, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach, unto whom no man hath seen, nor can ever can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Talking about the Lord Jesus, who is the only potentate, the only, he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then in Hebrews chapter 7. This is when uh, Abraham, talking about on Abraham, uh, had come back from uh, the uh, battle, and this person comes into the midst of them, with them, and uh, talking about Melchizedek. So let me just read a couple of verses. For this Melchizedek, he came uh, to Abraham, the king of Salem, which is king of what? King of Peace, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave the tenth part of all, uh, first being by interpretation the king of righteousness, and after that, king of Salem, which is what? The king of peace. So the Lord Jesus was born to be what? A king. He has a dominion, he has a rule now. Because of what he did by going, by coming as a little baby in Bethlehem, in that manger. But he came to die. And he shed his blood. He was hung on a tree took all of our punishment upon himself. But now, the, the grave couldn't keep him. Because why we heard this this morning, he is life, he's everlasting life. Uh, the grave could not keep him, but he rose in victory over sin and death. And where, where did uh, the Heavenly Father put him? At his own right hand, at the throne. So he's not only the prince, prince of peace, which he's brought into our hearts because we put our trust in him. And we know where our peace comes from. It's a peace that passes all understanding. He's not only the prince of peace, he's the king of peace. All his kingdom is full of his peace. And that's the peace that we have in our hearts this morning. As we remember that he was born a baby, but he was born to die on the cross for us. 
but he also was willing to do a thing, the octane of peace. So we thank you, Lord, that we are here this morning, remembering you. We do uh, rejoice that you were sent in just the right time to be born in that stable. All the things that happened that you orchestrated, uh, being sovereign God. But you came because you loved us. The Father sent his only son, his only begotten son, to be our Savior. To die on a cross, to be that perfect sinless sacrifice so that our sins can be forgiven. We can give, be given this tremendous peace, this peace that passes all understanding. Lord, it's, it's a privilege to be able to come and partake of these elements as we remember your death on the cross, your bloodshed for us, your body hung on the tree. But we also remember that even though you were dead and buried, you rose again, victory of sin and death. And because we have put our trust in you, you give us this tremendous peace. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the King of Peace. We worship you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. 